Welcome to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Join us for turkey and deer hunting tips, information, and stories. And now your host, Todd Hogan. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales. I'm your host, Todd Hogan. With me as always, my co-host, I'm about always, but Brian Johnson. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I kind of slacked off in the last couple months hunting, but I'm back. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's been a while since we've done a lot of podcasts. I think I looked it up last year. We did eight in total. Uh, but this year, we're going to come hard and heavy and uh, try to crank one out every couple weeks. Um, the reason Brian, are on here to, Brian and I are on here tonight is to talk about our 2021 season, which was pretty epic when you agree beach oh i think it was one of the best seasons uh for everybody in our circle everybody around i think it uh everybody had good luck and the the caliber of deer that was killed this year i was impressed by yeah especially in um especially in our little circle right around here where we're from uh i mean we have good bucks not great bucks generally uh yeah there were a lot of exceptional deer killed around here. And uh, you killed two good ones right here in our, I mean, within five miles of where you live. Yeah, I was lucky. Your wife killed one as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good season. But we'll kind of get into it. Um, <clears throat> it was hot pretty much all fall, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our um, archery season around here, there was, I think, three days that, that I was literally uh, in a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, I don't think I hunted. I don't think I hunted once until October 1st. I know you did. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it was hot, hot. And then I don't think we had a frost after gun season, did we? No. Uh, gun season, I wasn't, I don't remember putting on anything heavy till then. But, um you know, if you go back, my, I killed my first buck this year. I killed it on October 16th, and you killed yours, mm-hmm. what, six days later? Yep. And uh, from then, things really got to rolling. Yep. But um, tell you what, you told me the story of, I guess that was probably your biggest deer, too, right? The one you killed in the graveyard this year? No. The other one was bigger? Oh, for this year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So give me that story. You're hunting on a uh, local farm here. Um, yeah. Break it down. I, I know. I've story. hunted this farm for, I know, a good, I think, 24 years. And uh, pretty much know the farm, everything. Becky and I ran these cameras, and I had a lot of exceptional bucks this year. So uh, all the way from September 15th on, I had uh, the bucks on a steady pattern, thought for sure that I was going to get get a crack at one of the big ones. And then, uh, if you all remember, that's whenever we had uh, south winds, predominant south winds all the time. Then it turned, well, as soon as I got out there, we had that north wind for like two weeks. So, it really changed me up, and I, I had to figure out a different routine. So I told Todd, I said, you know, I know these bucks are in the area. They're just, they change your pattern. So 
as soon as the acorn started falling. That was my goal. I got two giant, which Todd's seen these things. They're giant white oaks. And I knew they would drop in my very first set on that white oak. 20 yards from it, I just burrowed up in the brush, got all concealed, waited two hours. And uh, I actually stood up because I'm not getting any younger. My back hurt. So <laughs> I had to stand up to stretch. I stood up, stretched my back and heard something coming from behind me and within 10 feet behind me, I knew it was a deer. He come walking around and just a, a stud of a 10 pointer come walking out. Couldn't have worked out any better, 20 yards. Walked right up, started eating acorns underneath that tree. And I kind of got caught with my pants down as you would say, because I literally had to, the the slowest motion I could to get the bow up without him seeing me 20 yards, nothing between him and I and pull off the shot. And uh, it worked out great. I, I made the shot. I knew it was a good shot, but I was like, I got to get Todd and Becky in on this. And uh, I ran back to the house, grabbed Becky. I said, I just shot a good one. She goes, no way. And I said, yeah, I said, I really did. I shot a good one. And because I told her I wasn't shooting anything unless it was going to be a damn good deer this year. And uh, so she got all pumped up. But, of course, where were you at? Uh, my son had a cross-country meet. That's where I called Todd. So I said, if you can wait two hours, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody knows me. I ain't waiting for shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, went back and uh, we got on the blood trail and it was – maybe 80 yards got down to it and uh, the best part of this hunt was I backed off because my wife was having such a good time following the blood trail and uh, she said it was her CSI night because she was having such a good time I let her take the lead she followed the blood trail went I mean straight to a T right to that buck and uh she had her nose to the ground like a hound dog. And I'm over her shoulder, loving every minute of this, loving every minute. And I kind of shine the light ahead of her. I see this big rack. And I'm like, okay. She goes a little bit farther. And I said, hey, babe, look up. And her exact words were, babe, that's an effing cow. Because Todd seen the body on this deer. It was a huge bodied deer. And, uh, we got up there and me and Becky's high five and everything. And then we recorded, I called dipshit and, uh, she recorded it. And I'm like, I got him. Todd's like, you didn't wait. No. What's, uh, so he was about 20 yards when you shot him. How far do you run? 80, 80 yards. And you put him, you put it right in the boiler. Oh, right? it was right. Couldn't ask for a better shot. It was uh double long, double long. And actually the angle that it was in it, um, uh, Actually, one of the blades clipped the top of the heart. Pretty much run downhill, didn't it? Yeah, it was straight down. Gravity took you. Yeah. Well, that was deer number one off this farm. Um, yeah. And I think rifle season rolls around, and you take your wife Becky out opening morning and uh, tell that story. <laughs> uh, we ought to bring her down here for it because it's it's a good <laughs> one. But I will say this before Brian gets going. Um, 
if you haven't seen what a what a black tail, yeah, black tail, black tail look like from the west coast. It, he's got the, this deer's got the same markings. It's got like kind of like a uh, raccoon style looking face. Yeah. In all my years of hunting, I've never seen a deer that that beautiful. I mean, it was just the character of that deer, which we didn't know until after it all happened. We had no idea. First book too, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was opening morning of uh, rifle season. And then you were off all rifle season in Missouri here, right? Yeah. So was it the next day? Yeah. Next day, uh, I was actually getting ready to go back to Illinois. Uh, my son had killed a deer the, the day before, and I was going to head back. And I get a call from Brian about, oh, probably it's dark. I would say 630. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got him. And I'm like, well, what are we looking at? And he goes, well, I'm going to leave him overnight, but uh, go ahead and tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me rewind back. I told Becky after I killed that 10 pointer and I told her, I said, all the deer moved up on the acorns off the ag field that was in the opposite bottom. I said, so I just got a feeling we're going to sit on this little field and we're going to have a field day. And believe it or not, we literally got there and from first light, it was heaven. To take your wife and give them a give her an experience that you'll never forget. It was one of them mornings that here come a doe, here come a buck, here come a doe, here come a buck, another buck, another buck. And finally, I'm looking off this way, and I hear Becky going, big buck, big buck, big buck, big buck. <laughs> and I look, and I mean, which I'd, I'd seen, you know, I thought it was a buck that I'd normally seen. And it's walking, and I said, well, babe, I said, you better pull the trigger on that thing. <laughs> I said, it's going to walk off. <laughs> and she looked like deer in a headlight, you know, and she pulled the trigger, and it it was great. Walked up to this thing and it was the most unique deer. Like I said, it's absolute beautiful. Absolute beautiful. And uh, so we came back and of course we had to do the CWD check-in. We did everything and all the gentlemen at the CWD check-in were congratulating Becky and saying, oh my God, you got to mount that deer. And I'm like, geez, guys, you know, this is going to be another 500 bucks. Come on. <laughs> But anyhow, we're mounting the deer. It's beautiful. So we took care of Becky's deer. I'll post a picture of that deer with the yeah with the with the podcast so you can see it. Uh, yeah. So we went uh, the next morning. Got up, went out. So there's a buck that we named Crabby Daddy. He was a six by six, and uh, easy one seventy. Well, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to see him that morning, and I kind of passed up a, a, another nice buck that came out in the afternoon. I did an all-day set, and uh, so I called Becky, and I said, I'm, I'm sitting here until dark, and I, I moved up a little bit closer, and the old doe, which is an old doe that we sit and watch, and I, I knew her. She came up and she just got a big old sagging gut, just an old, old doe that's been there for a long time. She came to the edge of the woods and I'm sitting there watching her, watching her, watching her. 
And then I see a tall rack. I mean, tall, tall coming up through the woods. And I thought, uh, I, I knew it wasn't Krabby Daddy, but I had several pictures of this eight pointer. And I'm not going to lie to you. I looked at that deer through the scope and I'm talking the last 15 minutes of light. And I kept watching that deer, watching it, watching it through the scope. And Todd knows me. 10 minutes of watching a good buck. I don't, I don't care. I couldn't take it. So I had to, I shot and I knew I made a good, good enough shot. But uh, when I went down there, I seen eyeballs, you know, looking and I thought, oh, I'm backing out of here. Called Todd, went back the next morning. He was right there, but uh, exceptional season. Me, I got my bow kill, gun kill. Becky got hers. Todd got his bow kill by, you know, we're all rocking it out by now. And then all our friends just keep sending us pictures of awesome bucks. Awesome. Well, I don't think you'll care if you tell the story. Um, one of your best friends in the world, good friend of mine, uh, Matt Seltzer, killed oh, a, my just, a, just a brute of a deer. Yeah. And, and we're talking not much ag, just a, just a hill country buck. In, a, in a, absolutely in a spot that you would never think would produce a deer like that. But I'm talking this thing has got five inches of mass all the way out on the sweeps, everything. Oh, it, that deer's got everything. It I does. Mean, it does. It's got mass. It's got width. It's got, I mean, yeah. unbelievable time length. Yep. Uh, it's and insane. Matt didn't even know what he shot when he shot it. He told me, he said, I went up. I thought it was a good buck. And he, he said, I went up to it after I shot it. And he goes, first thing I called Don said, get your ass over here. So, and that's a, that's what's a lifetime buck. I don't know. Do you have any yeah. idea? Did he put a tape to it? Yeah. It's a, it's pushing 150. Really? I would have thought he'd been closer to. Yeah, but I mean, you got to figure it's a 158 pointer. Eight pointer. You're right. Yeah. yeah. That's a hell of an eight pointer. Um, it's in pictures, it looks 170. I know I mean, it does. It's huge. Um, that's one of them deer that, uh, Matt's not a little guy. It's so impressive. I mean, as far as like, you know, he's got pretty good forearms and hands and, He's holding it, and his hand looks like a kid's holding it. I'm just like, God. Uh, it was it was yeah. insane how big that deer was. And like I said, killed in the hill country. Now, there's no real ag except for a few food plots they put in, right? Right. <clears throat> that's, a, that's it. I mean, for our area, that was a hell of a buck. Did, do you know, did anybody have, out there have pictures of it or had seen it before? No. No. Huh. Well, it just so happened our deer season hit – right at about the beginning of the prime part of the rut and they were chasing hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a good one. I know, uh, the rut, the rut actually was, couldn't have got any better for us here in central Missouri. No, it hit right about the time rifle season came in. Uh, Ronnie Belfield, who's on the podcast, he killed mm -hmm. one that week. Uh, of course, Nathan, we did a podcast with him. He killed the old man that he'd been chasing. Um, yeah, I, Nick Scarpino had killed one the night before. Uh, he's on the podcast. He killed one the night before in, in northern Missouri. Um, trying to think, Matt O'Harver had killed his yeah. earlier. And I think Matt. Uh, I am going to say this. 
or Nathan killing the old man. That was one text message right there yeah. that I was, I was coming out of my skin. I was, I, I was coming my, out of my skin. I wanted to see that thing. I wanted to hold it just because of the history we had with that damn buck. He had, uh, he had been around a while. And from the time we, I started getting pictures of him, he had Brian's goat. He was oh, just yeah. like, that's a deer, man. I'm like, yeah. But the longer he was around, the more he was around, and, and, it, and you knew how old he really was. You were just like, wow. That's mm-hmm. like, like Nathan said, he was an old warrior. And he had dropped off considerably. If he'd killed that deer last year, he was probably in his absolute prime last year. I, I think it was two years ago. Now, maybe. I think two years ago, that's when he had that, that, the giant frame. Yeah. He had that body. You uh, remember whenever he jumped up, him and Beans? Beans? Run. Yeah. yeah. They jumped up right in front of me at 20 yards, and Beans was a freak of nature. And the old man, he was just uh, – I mean, most people wouldn't shoot him. Never was more than a six-pointer. No. At one point, we had pictures we think he was maybe a four. Yeah. But, I mean, the biggest – But I knew that. I knew that. But you guys, you guys always talked about how old he was. And I sat there and I looked and I can't wait to see it age. I, I literally think he's 10 to 11. Maybe we knew him for about seven years. I know. And you know, but yeah, that was a hell of a buck. I mean, his frame went from like major giant to this little spindly thing. And no buck does that until they get wailed. Nathan was getting pictures of that deer this, this fall. And I wasn't even sure it was the same deer. But when you put it side by side with all the pictures we've had over the years, there's, I no, knew, there's no doubt it's the same deer. I knew it was the same deer. But he His, had lost he had lost a lot of mass. I don't know, a lot of loss. He lost a lot of uh, he lost he lost everything. I mean, he was with, just that old. Yeah, old ass deer. He was. Um, that was a neat one though. Nathan mm-hmm. was. I think Nathan's text was, "I got him," and uh, he had passed up some good bucks trying to kill that buck. Yeah. Um, Impressive is what that is. Uh, another one I was going to mention was uh, Matt McAnally killed a couple good ones too. He helped. Oh out yeah, I was on my way back from Illinois, and McAnally called me. And we were uh, shooting the breeze, and he was telling me about his wife. You know, Jen went up, and she had an incredible hunt. He had an incredible hunt, and I'm like, man, this season just keeps getting better and better. There were a lot of deer killed. Yeah, I think. I had told Brian, I will cut back to mine, my first one. And I think I was the first one of the year to really get a decent one down. Yeah, you was. But, yeah, but you did your homework. You did. I will say this. You had, you, you couldn't have pinpointed and you even called it. Yeah. He even called it. He said, I'm going to kill that. Told uh, Ryan Seltzer. He said, I'm going to kill this deer and showed him a picture. And he, I mean, Todd had that thing pinpointed down. So, I had my cell camera out there on this farm I hunt. And uh, he was coming into my food plot regularly for like a week. And we're not talking like early season. This was the week of like October 12th. Yeah. And uh, I told Brian, I said, he's there every night at five o'clock. And he was there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. And I thought, sure as crap, he won't show up tomorrow night because it's night I'm off. So Saturday morning rolls around and I've got to go to a cross country meet for my son. And I run into buddy of ours, Ryan Seltzer. Uh, we were just talking about his buddy, Matt, and, or his brother, Matt. And um, I told Ryan, and I actually told Brian this as well. I said, this deer has been in the food plot every night. I showed him a picture. I said, if he's there at night, I kill him. 
And Ron's like, oh, well, good luck to you. And, you know, it is what it is. You, do, you don't really know. You doubt, you doubt it's going to happen. So what was it? Four or five years ago, Brian and I built this little shanty. And I'm sitting in that shanty. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'll tell you the absolute truth. I'm watching the movie Hall Pass on my cell phone in my shanty. <laughs> and I look at my watch and I see that it's like 450. And I think to myself, you probably ought to get off the phone and start getting serious about this. I've been sitting there about two and a half hours now. I want to be there plenty of time before dark hit and let mm-hmm. everything get settled down. And so anyway, you know, I'm kind of bored. And so I keep watching this. And sure enough, I look up and he's standing in the food line. I mean, how he got there, I don't know. And I'm just like, holy crap. He was there long enough you took a picture yeah, of him I and sent a, me a picture. Took a picture of him before I could. And then anybody knows you get a little bit of buck fever and I can't figure out how to get the volume off on my phone. <laughs> it's still playing hall pass with Owen Williams, Owen Wilson just jabbering. So I shoved the phone underneath my butt and I'm sitting on it. And finally, I just keep pressing buttons and the volume goes off. So he kind of goes in behind some trees and I let the window down <laughs> and get the bow back and uh, made a marginal shot at best. And, and uh, I would, I, I'll say it to this day. I, you couldn't make another shot like that ever. And it, I don't even know how it happened. My guess is I had to have hit a limb on something. Uh, it literally clipped the top of the leg. The deer was the deer was walking with his left side facing me. He was broadside at what twenty four yards, yeah. something like that. And he put his left front leg out, and we know this because we can reenact what happened. But when I let go of the bow, that arrow hit the front part of the front leg, <laughs> went all the way to the bone, cut to the bone. <laughs> shot straight back into the deer's cavity. No, straight up, and the broadhead didn't pierce all the way through the heart. The broadhead was dead center in the heart. In the heart. And I couldn't, I knew I didn't make a great shot, but I thought when I saw him spin to run, he ducked real hard, and I thought I could see blood spraying, but I didn't know for sure. <laughs> and so I immediately called BJ. I said, I got him. I said, I'm going to get out of this shanty. I'm going to walk back to, to the road. I was like, can you come help me? Because I want, because in besides the fact where we're hunting, some hellacious hills. Yeah. I'm sitting on a ridge top. Straight down. If, if he went off the hill, I'm not getting him out by myself. So Brian was getting ready to go to a party and it was like 5 30. He's like, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. And so 20 minutes shows up. He shows up with his deer cart. Uh, we walked down to where I shot him, and Brian was like, "My God, there's blood everywhere." I, I swear to you, people, I wish I would have uh, took a video of this blood trail. And I've 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 been fortunate enough to be on a lot of blood trails, but this thing was uh, not like a straight poor blood trail, but like five foot wide, just spraying like stuff. Everywhere, well, and I thought this is strange. I mean, I honestly, I thought that Todd had shot him in the throat, and that he was blowing out of his esophagus, blowing blood, because that's how wide this blood trail was, and it was everywhere. And I thought, my goodness, I didn't know what's for sure, and that's why I, it looked like a bad shot when I pulled the trigger. That's why I called Brian because if there's blood, he'll find it. So we walk about 20 yards and there's one lone tree in the food plot down towards the bottom of it. 
and he had hit that tree, <laughs> run into it. I, I can't believe you didn't see that. Well, he was kind of, it was kind of at an angle where I couldn't see real good. Uh, I was just watching, you know, seeing his butt. And the other reason I, knew, I thought he was hit hard, he ran low to the ground and his tail was ducked. Yeah. But he'd hit that tree and by God, it looked like somebody took a five gallon bucket <laughs> and poured blood all over the tree. We should have videoed that. Oh. We should have. And then we start walking, and that's when I started getting pretty confident. Brian was like, this deer didn't go far. I can promise you that. And what do you go off in the woods? 60 yards, maybe? 60 yards, yeah. Yeah, and it was like we were saying earlier with Brian's. It was gravity, just straight downhill. Yeah. And uh, an impressive deer. Probably the biggest deer I've killed in Missouri. Um, when I turned that thing over, I kept looking like, where's the – Where's the hole in this? Yeah, because the cavity didn't. There was nothing on either side of the, you know, like and it the wasn't. Until, yeah, it wasn't until I flipped that thing on its back, and well, I looked. Our first thought was that I cut that artery in the front leg. Yeah, and then we start looking. I'm like, no, no, it punched up through the brisket. Look, <laughs> it went directly. If that deer was standing there, straight up this way, and punctured the bottom of the heart, and he bled straight out. And, and I had, I literally had to roll that deer over, look, and I searched that deer from the tail to the nose, looking for any other hole. And the hole was directly straight up through the brisket. And that deer, every time his heart pumped, it was just spraying his front legs were covered in blood. Well, his entire right belly yeah. was just blood red. That was, uh, a, that was probably the quickest a deer had ever died it's right there for such a poor shot too yeah and the other thing was uh we get it back up to the food plot and i said he helped me get it up there i said i'll go get the truck and he said all right so i pulled the truck down there we got him and when we started going up through it brian was like be real careful because you don't know what half that broadhead or half that arrow was still in him yeah and uh sure enough i get a hold of the heart and i kind of get up there and cut in behind the esophagus you guys know what i'm talking about and I pull all that out at once. Brian starts sifting through it, and he goes, there's the heart. And sure enough, that freaking broadhead was sticking in the base of the heart. It, di it didn't even go all the way through the heart. It was just like it opened up and was the perfect fillet. <laughs> just a perfect fillet. You grab the heart. It was a perfect fillet. <laughs> poor, poor deer didn't know what hit it. After no. such a piss poor shot. Yeah. Uh, him and I were both looking at it. I'm like, how in the hell – did I kill that deer if we just hit the front leg? And then we, and then Brian was like, no, nah, ricochet. Look, look. We, I was like, oh, boy. So that was the first big buck of the year for me. And that deer. Mm -hmm. uh, you kicked it off this year. I mean, you killed that deer. You were the, you kicked it off. Else, first trip in the woods. Yeah. The first set of my, of the entire year. Yeah. I had been to Illinois one time, and I was going to hunt that weekend. I hunted one evening for a few minutes, but I mostly had gone over there to put up cameras. Uh, but I, I'm sitting there, and I thought, oh, by God, I'm watching a movie and kill this deer. It doesn't get any better than that. Oh, it was sweet. And it was sweet. Brian went to a party, and the Seltzer boys were all there, and I'm getting these texts from him like, you did it. You did it. You told me you were going to do it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I got to that party, and Ryan was there, and he goes, Todd told me he was going to kill a buck, and I go, he did. <laughs> and I showed him the picture, and he goes, he told me he was going to. <laughs> so that was in October. Uh, we both made several trips to Illinois. Um, you had a real good encounter with a mega giant that yeah. uh, I think you just nicked the bottom of him, didn't he? Maybe oh, yeah. Brisket. I just – I barely grazed him, but uh, honestly, 
that Todd knows me. I get a little off the wall. And uh, I went went all the way across the field. And the neighbor had a, a big field. And I look, and this, this buck is chasing does. And I'm like, okay. Next thing you know, he a doe comes running and goes under the property that we hunt down in a ditch and this buck follows I'm, I'm stripping things off as i'm running across this field i run all the way down drop down in the ditch and i'm breathing so heavy and i don't even know what what i was thinking next thing you know the doe comes shooting right by me and i'm like oh shoot and i turn and here he came and uh, I'm on the ground, and to be honest with you guys, I'm I'm old and out of shape, and I was just I was breathing so hard that I couldn't I couldn't settle in. I could there was nothing I could do. And uh, <laughs> it's it's one of the things. Hindsight twenty twenty, you never pull the trigger, but I did. <laughs> Can't kill the deer you don't shoot at. And that's what Dad always said. Yeah. You can't kill them if you don't pull the trigger. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something else. Um, hunting Illinois, now, I, I'll say this. Our true love is the bow. Mm -hmm. But about four or five years ago, they made it legal to hunt in Illinois with a crossbow. Mm -hmm. And Brian and I, there aren't a lot of trees over to get into that are great anyway. Brian None. and I, this, this None. last year, have started hunting out of these little uh, turkey chairs. Yeah. For lack of a better word, they sit about three inches up off the ground. Get you one, people. They are awesome. Yeah. And you can sit there and especially with a crossbow, put it up on your knee and be rock solid. And uh I was over two weeks later and uh I killed him. I he was a three-year-old, probably 120, 125. Uh, but same thing. It was a good buck. I uh he come walking through the woods and he was on one side of this ditch. And I got that crossbow up, and um, my, Brian's a great shot. I'm not a great shot. I'm a good shot with my bow. I've never been a good rifle shot or crossbow shot. But with this setup that we've been working this year, had that crossbow on my knee, and I was rock solid, and I drilled that sucker at 30 yards. I mean, pinwielding. <laughs> and I was like, God, almost too easy. Of course, the other thing in Illinois where we hunt, they always run into a ditch. It's they straight. Farm. They, they farm everything they possibly can. So everything that's still yeah. got timber on it is just ditches and nasty ass. How many, how many years we hunted that property now? Uh, this was the 21st year. 20 in 20 or, or let's just say 20 years. It, they have, uh, they take all the woods up trying to, trying to get as much ag that they can. Well, it's their livelihood. I don't blame right. them for that. Right. But it, uh, it forced us to do like, you know different things it's it's not like here in missouri where you just go sit in a tree over there you got to be creative and you i think creative is the best word yeah you got to be creative and, when, and the guy that lets us hunt there a great friend of god ours. love him yeah awesome guy but he'll tell you he's like if you can get into this spot you kill one and sure enough last couple of years brian and i've been like well i don't know how many times we've like crawled up inside of you know fallen logs and stuff and just mm -hmm. sat quiet um, but yeah, so anyway, that deer I killed in Illinois, 
the day before shotgun season. Mm-hmm. And then shotgun season, I saw what will easily be the biggest deer I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> and I didn't get and I didn't pull the trigger. I thought I had. I knew, I knew it had to be a big one. Uh, Todd's usually pretty good with words. And he was like, beach, bup, 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 bup. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what's the matter? He's like, he's like, you know, I seen him. I seen him. I'm like, what the hell did you see? So I had this deer at um, probably 70 yards, maybe inside that even. And he was following a doe. And the deer was literally going to come down the same path of the deer that I killed four or five days earlier. I mean, it was just going to work out. I was like, and so they were standing in a little bit of brush. And I'm hunting with a muzzleloader with a, you know, 50 cal bullet, and I probably could have blasted through all this shit. Mm-hmm. There was nothing big between me and him, but I thought, just give it three more steps and it'll be out in the open. Well, where I screwed up was he was following a doe, and she decided she was going to go back the, up the hill into the most gnarly, thick shit you've ever seen in your life. It's a jungle back there. And he went up in behind her, and he sounded like he was breaking two by fours when he went running up through there. And my <laughs> heart just sank. I just couldn't believe he ran off. Uh, especially knowing that I could have shot him. Um, but yeah, um, you, if you're watching the video, Brian's got a big one right behind us. Uh, I hate to say it, BG dwarfs that one. So <laughs> that's a big deer. Damn. If you can see it on video, that's a big deer. But uh, so that was the end of that. Um, you've done a little, have you done any hunting in December? No, no pretty much called it quits i i uh, every I, everybody kept telling me go back to illinois fill that tag but after i got 1700 dollars in tax me bills right now yeah and i i told i told everybody that i will take anybody hunting and do the best for them but for myself to have a season that me and my wife all my best friends had I be I thank God for it. I'm not asking for any more. You you couldn't get any better than what we did. We had um, I would say in the 35 years we've been hunting together, that's probably our best combined season. Uh, I would I would say you and I we've killed a lot of deer together, but um, for all of our people, everybody yeah. to to have a season like we had was exceptional well, even the kids all the kids we took and i didn't even mention my son killed his biggest buck uh out of the same little yeah. shanty that uh, a good two-year-old um at one point i had five deer in a deep freeze and literally couldn't get anything else in there couldn't get it shut mm-hmm. i had to put stuff in the upstairs uh freezer because there were so many deer um and i think this weekend it's what is that? Sixth of January. Time to kill coyotes. Yeah. Sixth of <laughs> January. BJ was talking about making one more trip to Illinois. And then a uh, cold front came through. And I think it's supposed to get down to like three tonight. And Brian was like, nope, calling it season. Yeah. <laughs> I think from here on out, I'm hunting coyotes. I'm <laughs> time to do some predator work, huh? Yeah. We got we got way too many of them this year. Matt actually told me the other day, he said, uh, uh down there where he killed his big one he said the coyotes really moved in they're all packed up now you know chasing deer and everything so we're gonna give it hell on the coyotes 
well, it won't be too long. We'll be talking about uh, turkey. So Ryan's going to try to hunt about six different states this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to do my normal stick here in Missouri. But uh, I think Brian's really looking into going out west, aren't you? Yeah, I, I plan on uh, Kansas, Nebraska, Illinois. Um, then maybe come back to Missouri, do that. If I can swing it, talk to the old lady and spend the money and go to Florida. Get you Nasiola. Yeah. <laughs> go for the Grand Slam this year. I know. You could get three of the four right here if you went to Florida. I know. Like, you get a Rio, I, Eastern, Osceola. What's the other one? Marion would be the other one. Marion, Nebraska. That, Nebraska, you could get it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Rio's right in Kansas that you're hunting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the dumbest bird on earth. I'm sorry, people, but. The Eastern growing up, we actually work for our birds out there. That that's a turkey heaven. <laughs> if any anybody can hunt Kansas turkey season, go do it. That's the funnest. Oh my gosh. Well, he was out there a couple years ago and he called me and goes, You're not gonna believe this. He said, This Tom come walking in and he goes, he was behind me, and I spun around and it saw me and it didn't even run. No, it didn't. <laughs> I was like, what? By God, you blink on an Easter and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Out there, I had, I've been having such a blast in Kansas. It's, it's been great. And then I've been fortunate meeting the right people and got an invitation to Nebraska and uh, going to give that a whirl. And, and that's my passion. I love turkey hunting. He's good at it. He's pretty much taught me everything I know about it. Uh, my dad taught me a lot about deer, but my dad didn't turkey hunt. So what I know about turkey, I've learned from Brian. And most of the time, it's just him telling me to shut up and sit still. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to do that in Kansas. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, we want to get on and jump on, kind of tell you about our season. We're going to have some of the other guys on that will tell you about a little about what they did. But uh, And I know this was kind of improvised and we're kind of all over the place. But kind of give you an idea of how 2021 went for us. We're going to, and I keep saying this, I've said it for two years, but we're ramping up this year. We're going to try to get some guests on, uh, put out some real content this year, not just tell stories about us chasing deer. Um, if you could tap the idiot sitting next to me's knowledge on turkey, you could learn something, but getting him to convey that, that'd be one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, B, did you get anything you want to add before we wrap this one up? No, I think, I think this coming season, you know, like uh, James Harrison, uh, maybe get yeah. uh, my buddy Nathan Whited. He is uh, he's from Southern Illinois or Missouri, and kills a lot of hogs and exceptional hunter. And kills a lot of good bucks. Oh yeah, for where he's hunting. I mean, yeah. Well, the kid's a diehard. Oh, he is. He's a diehard. He's. He is hunting something year round. I see pictures of him hunting hogs, mm -hmm. cows, foxes, whatever comes through. Yeah. Whatever critter he can kill, he's killing. Yep. I got to, I got quite a few people in our circle that we'd like to have on, and I think we will. I think this year we'll host a uh, get together and get some people on. You guys will hear some really good tactics about how, you know, I do this, but this guy will do this. And, I mean, there's different tactics in the area. I think I want to get, and you know a little bit about it, but one I know that's best about this, um, 
is I think me and Nathan are going to get on and talk about thermals because he's really put some, uh, yeah, put some research into his thermals. And, you know, I'm all about, well, uh, hunt high in the morning, hunt low in the evening, but he, he's got a lot more to it than that. Mm -hmm. Um, Nathan's got some good, like his story this year, he killed a 180 this year. And, uh, oh, he, Nathan White. Yeah, yeah. He, he had talked to me about it, um, weeks prior. And he'd been hunting this deer and just was a diehard on this deer. And the, the shit that kid did and got it done. I mean, he's, he's a diehard. He, he's just relentless. He right. Is. I mean, they just, the deer didn't stand a chance because he just wasn't going to let up till either the deer was dead or season was over. Mm -hmm. uh, but yep. yeah, well, uh, we're going to have some content for you. Like I said, we're going to try to crank one of these out every two weeks. If we don't, we'll be real close to that this year. We got uh, uh, Matt Seltzer coming on. He's going to talk about his deer this year, which okay. is a hell of a story. Um, also got Greg Skaggs, uh, Stag's mm -hmm. going to come on and he's, uh, probably the most informed guy I know when it comes to mobile hunting. Tell mm -hmm. us about uh, tree saddles and uh, he's like a Public master. Land. Of, yeah, master of the one stick. He also does a lot of trapping. Um, so stick with us. Uh, we're going to, I've said it for two years, but I really mean it now. We're going to get better. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel going. You can find us on uh, Busting Beaks and Chasing Tales, the YouTube channel. You can watch all the podcasts there. You can listen to them anywhere you listen to them. You know, we're on mm -hmm. all the major sites. Uh, if you get the chance to leave us a review, that helps us. Um, anything you got to add? Want to add there, Beach? No, I'm, we're good. Just stick with us and hope you guys enjoy it. Oh, yeah. So thanks for tuning in to Bustin' Beaks and Chasing Tales. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Bustin' Beaks and Chasin' Tales.